Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's Lindsay and Krista. If you're new here, welcome. Welcome. Got a Western theme going on lately. I know, I like it. I don't know what it is. I'm loving Western clothes. I'm loving Western wear. (laughs) I don't know. Got a Western top if you're watching us on YouTube. Do you have a cowboy hat and cowboy boots or no? I don't like cowboy boots, but I have another top that has like fringe that's very Western. I like a little fringe. I do too. It doesn't, it's not flattering on me, but I like it. I'm with Mr. Rogers today. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> You've been TT. Lindsay, I call Lindsay TT. Oh yeah, I got a TT on. She, she's tank top. Tank Every top Every call, limbs. she's wearing a tank top. And her other call the other night, she was wearing, she was TTT. Guys, I'm living in the top. Caribbean. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, you're in New York. You got your turtleneck tank top in New York. Uh, I like to be free. I like to be like- mm, Your arms. I just don't like sleeves that much, mm. but obviously now we're going into winter, I'll-, I'll I'll level up. But yeah, I just, in my apartment, I just like to be free. Yeah. If I had a choice, I'd be naked yeah. on our calls. That's why I like to wear baggy, baggy sweatshirts. Yeah. That's free to me. Yeah. I feel that. So guys, what's your freedom clothing of choice? <laughs> what makes you feel free? <laughs> I like the Western though. Mm-hmm. Keep it up as long as you can. Um, I was telling Krista before this, I once a quarter, I have like an X stream and it's so annoying because I literally feel nothing. Is it an actual someone you dated? Yeah. Mine's never people I dated. Oh, really? It's people that I like, literally it's like close encounters. It's so weird. Oh, that's people, fun. That's more fun. There's like four people and I've never dated them. I'm getting rejected a lot in my <laughs> dreams. It's like very weird. Or they're just like, hey, you're married. Like, <laughs> You know what's one time? Is, I had a dream about John Mayer. Mm, who I've that's met a good twice, one. you guys. But I had a dream with John Mayer. And it was funny because a lot of times other dreams, like they won't be available. Like they'll be like, no, no, no. <laughs> but John Mayer was like fully in. Oh, cool. I was like, this is kind of telling of you in life because you hear he's a man whore, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. So I was like, this makes sense. I love John. I love me some John me Mayer. Me too. There's, some, there's something about the new John Mayer that is, woo. Fully integrated. Fully integrated, everybody. And just t- a talent. Yeah. Oh my God. It's hard. Unreal. I mean, it's hard to go from like heartthrob person, you know, he was like kind of like heartthrobby vibe to being like cool and respected. Yes. Not a lot of people make that transition. I know. Good for him. But I think he went through it. I agree. I think he like really went through it with alcohol and Mm -hmm. sleeping around. I don't know. I was Um, literally like 14 or 15 when he was like hitting on me in Cincinnati at Riverbend. (laughs) (laughs) LOL. (laughs) They're like, his like people were like walking around at Riverbend one of the times and they were like, I think both times and they're like, hey, do you want to go backstage? And they're like, how old are you? And I had like braces. I'm like 18. <laughs> I literally was like covering my braces did with my lips. Did you really I was have like braces? 18. Holy Fuck, shit. Yeah. I think one time I did. And then the second time they were like, how old are you? You have to be 21. And I was like, perfect, I'm 21. <laughs> and I was holding the beer like it was radioactive because I fucking hate beer. I was like, um, and he came up to us and was like, you aren't 21. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, we are. We're 21. It's like, what was the first album you bought? I was wow, like, what a good question. Dude, honestly. <laughs> I was like, Grammy nominees 95. He's like, yep, not 21. <laughs> He's funny, man. Funny as fuck. His shirt said like, um, we're all going to die. And it was like the Care Bears. I'll never forget. <laughs> never forget. And then he was like, what was the first movie that you watched? Like, blah, blah, blah. And just like totally fucking with us because we were baby children. Yo, Dude, I it's funny because you think you're grown. I thought I was grown. Oh, you th- I absolutely was white, think you're grown. White or like very light jean, low rise bell bottoms and like a baby 
tank top. I remember being so mad that like my mom would chaperone us to like a concert. Yeah. Just being like, I am grown. I am grown. I am an, an adult. Yes. She's like, you're like you're 12. Far. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you think you're grown. Yeah. No. I thought I was grown. so grown. I remember graduating high school and I was like, I don't know what else there is to know. I literally was like, I think I'm good on learning about life. I feel I, that way now. I, no, I know. I actually do too. Every year I feel like I'm like, I'm good. I've, I've yeah. got it all down. I'm good. I felt like I've got it all down. I'm like, college for what? What's there to know? I remember figuring out that like in high school, I was like, oh, I need to communicate my needs to my partner. Or like, that was the high oh, level. Wow. I didn't say it that way, but I was like, I literally thought I was like fucking Buddha. I'm like, guys, they can't read your minds. You need to tell them what you want. And everyone's like, ah! And I was like, I am a guru. You're like, gather around. Yeah, I was like, I'm a guru. <laughs> tell them what you want. Don't have them read Where their the minds. Where the fuck did you read that? I thought of it myself. Oh, amazing. Maybe because I was like- So you were the first one to think of that. I was the first <laughs> one ever to think that. I've been wondering who that was. Honestly, and I'm, my book's coming out soon. <laughs> and in my journey, I talk about that process. <laughs> I always think about that with, I mean, we scroll Instagram or we see, you know, various books coming out. I'm like, who was the original? Which is not bad. By the way, I think there should be like translations of things. I think certain people are meant to bring concepts into the world in a certain way for people to understand. But I'm like, who was the original? I know. (laughs) I mean, me and Jenna Zoe were talking about that the other day, how we'll be like, yeah, so we'll just bring this like fucking crazy ass concept through. And like with Jenna, everyone's like, I love fruit. You love fruit. And everyone with me, they're like, I love sweatshirts. You love sweatshirts. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, or even when we've had people on that are like, you have to love yourself first Mm -hmm. before someone else loves you. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, ah, ah. And then we'll be like, yeah. And then there's like this dimension and planet that you can like tap into if you're like, blah, blah, blah. But it's simple. Sometimes the simple. I know. But that's the thing is, I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, oh, the mind overcomplicates it. So the whole time I'm kind of going through these intense philosoph- like mm-hmm. philosophies or concepts, it's like, that's really the mind. Yes. But the, but the heart and the, is quiet. That's the thing is like the, the truth is quiet. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do? It's almost like the heart like really meets the truth and the mind tries to like yeah decode it, make sense of it. Yes. Yeah, it was just it was a whole day it was a whole day. We literally spent a day together. Did you enjoy it? We romped around. No, I I mean, I guess in the dream it was like a light it was just like I was wondering why are we here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cuz I literally have and I always check because years and years ago I would have been like, yeah, I still kind of have a mm-hmm. little something where I'm not like over it or I don't forgive myself or whatever. No, it's dead. dead. <laughs> it's very dead. So I'm like, why are we here? Why are we wasting a dream? Yes. I'm trying to lose a dream, okay? Yes. <laughs> trying to get someplace else. <laughs> I feel like with mine, I've realized that I just am addicted to that feeling of the beginning of a relationship. Dude, mm. the best. Yeah. Where you're fucking at a party or something and they walk in, you're like, Oh my God, my yes. whole evening agenda is this. Yes. Or you're out and they're coming and you're waiting for them or they call you. I used you. to go places knowing that they would probably be there. The and many a times they I used to like, be there. Oh my God. I used to like drive my car like by their house. Like, yes. Dude, that was like what we did in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Dude. Or you'd like go into the 7-Eleven because you thought they were there yes. and then they wouldn't be there, but then you would like circle the block Ours a few times and then UDF. go in again. It's called United Dairy Farmers. <laughs> 
we'd all be at the fucking United Dairy Farmers. Oh. And you knew their car. Of course. So you'd be like, okay, this is their driving here. The or black Mustang. Dude, I remember one time. <laughs> I had a friend that was dating someone and he had a new, or was dating someone they broke up. He had a new girlfriend. Mm. She knew the new girl. This is high school, so it's not like a good representation of who we are today. She knew the girlfriend's car, the new girlfriend. Saw it at Whole Foods. Followed this person into Whole Foods. The person didn't know who she was. Followed her into Whole Foods and was like at the cell, like literally following this person into Whole Foods. I'm like, very weird. <laughs> that was an odd story. What was she going to do? It's funny when you get to know. I don't know, dude. It was like the adrenaline. She's just like. It was like the adrenaline <laughs> of like seeing. Because when you're that young, you're just like obsessed with the new person. Yes. When you still care. Totally. That, ugh, that is not a fun yeah. existence. So Especially like, with social media now. Oh my God. Your ability to feel like you actually know ugh. who someone is. Ugh. If someone's dating someone new. That's so freaky to me. Freaks me. That's a crazy so I had to Google. I was like, maybe I should Google him. I love that. To see what the message is. No message. But was I, there anything on Google? No, I just know that he's like, I guess in New York or whatever. Still, he's always been in New York with his wife or whatever. But <laughs> with his wife or whatever. Or whatever, bitch no, no, or whatever. <laughs> but it's just like, I'm done. Like You should say that you, maybe before bed. Yeah, I'm just like Just done. be like, I'm done. That yeah, was fun. Yeah, I'm literally, yeah. I'm literally Mine, done. I'm still getting the kick of the feeling. Of that part. So I'm still kind of liking it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a fun feeling that I'm getting. I literally love that fucking feeling. Yeah, it's so fun. It's, it's the Why best. don't you role play with Justin? Go out. We should break up for a little bit. And have <laughs> just like come back and be like, ah. But like have him come into like, I don't know. I have been looking at him and cultivating that feeling in my life. Yes. Where I'm looking at him as if he was like a stranger almost. Where I'm like, oh, what if I had never seen you wear that sweatshirt before. <laughs> what if this, I, what what if it day? wasn't the 10th day in a I row? Literally that, said, what if this was the first time holding hands? Mm-hmm. What if this was the first time cuddling on the couch? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to cultivate that in my life. I feel that, yeah. But there are fun, ex- but I really loved, because that feeling is mine. It's not, mm-hmm. the person is a projection. So it's just, how can I cultivate that feeling of that in loveness yes. in my life in general? Um, who was I talking to the other day about how we just want to like go out to lunch with our exes and just like see what's up. Oh, totally. And just be like, hey, what did you think? Yes. Of everything. I would love I'd pay a money. full on debrief. They need just... to serve. Yes, a full on debrief. Like what was your experience in this situation? Mm-hmm. What did you me. think about? Tell me about me. <laughs> it's like such an ego thing because it's like, what if they're like, dude, I thought you were like kind of lame in bed. <laughs> Not that like, well, fine. you're like, anyways, it's like the full belief that they're going to be like, yo, you were the one that got away. You were, there was no one like you. Oh, so crazy. So crazy. But I can imagine for, in our case, like the guys, like they haven't taken the time to actually feel for that. sure. So they'd be like, um... Yeah, it was actually really hurt. Yeah, or like I haven't <laughs> thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have three kids. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I've literally not thought about it once. <laughs> oh, dreaming. Dreaming. Oh, man. Okay. Slight pivot. Slight pivot. I'm super excited. Our friend Bethany McDaniel is on the podcast today. She's the founder of Primally Pure. And this is the first time we met in person, but we have been mega fans of her brand for a while now. 
And it was just really good to get to know her, her story as an entrepreneur, as a mother, um, her health journey, her skin journey. We really kind of run the gamut. What I love about her is like, she's really, she's like an all-in type person. Mm -hmm. So when she tries new things, like she's really going all in and almost being like a little human guinea pig for the rest of us. So I think you'll glean a lot of just insight into certain things like fasting, different just nutrition habits, and especially the skin health stuff. Because I know a lot of you out there are dealing with skin issues, but um, she's just such a sweetheart. Uh, we also talk about motherhood and balancing and just kind of the point at which she's like, yeah, I feel like I need to spend more time with my kids, mm-hmm. but I also love my business. Like, what do I do? And it's such a real, real thing that I feel like people, women come up against. And when th- the more successful you get, it's like the harder it gets a little mm-hmm. bit in that way. Yeah, I think what's fascinating too is like she was working at Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. She became, and her husband was a teacher at the time. She became really interested in creating products that were clean or that were, you know, all natural or, you know, like Mm -hmm. more paleo focused and created that business really from the ground up in her kitchen on a farm. And she moved in. So after she quit to pursue this, she moved in with her family Mm -hmm. to a house on a farm to continue to build the business. And just, you think that you see these brands in so many businesses online. It's like, they started from the ground up. It's like, some people do, for sure. Some people, it's a little different what the ground up, where the ground actually begins. Mm-hmm. But for her, I'm like, wow, to do that on the side, especially I love that she worked at Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. I love that this became a passion for her. Mm-hmm. I do really love their products. Our friend Jenna Kutcher is such a fan of, of their products and I love their oils. Yeah. I think their oils are just so quality. Their charcoal deodorant is incredible. Mm-hmm. Their everything spray, I spray whenever... I'm going to bed or I'm recording. Um, And they have other really good things on their website, like their lip balms or like their scrubs, their gua sha tools. Their stuff is incredible. And I know it's really aligned with, you know, our brand and ethos as well. Yes. Yeah. If you do one thing, I would say if you're not on a clean deodorant train yet, their deodorant is number one. Um, The blue tansy is my favorite. Um, But yeah, these like little switches you can do within your daily routines to just have a cleaner environment, cleaner um, products on your skin that you're putting in your body. It all makes a difference. And now, Krista and I were saying in this episode, like we are so sensitive to anything that is not natural. Yes. Very, very sensitive. So, you know, the switch happens pretty quickly and it's very much worth it, especially for us as women, it disrupts our hormones. So we really have to be careful. Yeah, I think that was a huge part of, you know, my hormone healing journey was learning about all the hormone disruptors that can be found in so many products, especially I've been researching a lot more about shampoos. You can have sulfates and parabens and fragrances and um, different types of ingredients that can be really disruptive of your hormones and the same with your skin. As you guys know, our skin is our largest organ. So when we're putting something on our skin that has toxic chemicals, that has fragrances, that has these, you know, even like the, that blocks your skin from sweating, like Mm -hmm. with deodorant, it can be really bad to prevent our bodies from doing what they want to do naturally. And then it's also absorbing all of these things in our skin and essentially in our bloodstream. So there's just been so many beautiful parts of my life that have it's like they're very subtle changes, mm-hmm. but it fe- I can tell yes. it has made a difference. Yes. With the cleaning products, we use drops for our laundry, mm-hmm. which I really, really love. I've also used brands like Branch <laughs> Basics. Um, 
Blue Lind are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, our friend Susie Batiste has a great company. Oh, yeah. Supernatural's mine. Supernatural favorite. for cleaning as well. Mm-hmm. So switching our cleaning products over, switching our detergent with drops. And then our skincare and our deodorant with Primally Pure has been really, really nice. Their quality ingredients, usually the companies are very, very aligned from like an, a values perspective. So that's the thing too, that's really nice when you switch over to companies that are clean or part of this sort of beauty movement that we're in usually because they have the mission to help people live a better, healthier life, then they're friendlier to the environment. Then they're better to their employees. Then they're more you know, ethically sourced mm-hmm. or produced or all of these things. So it really covers a lot of bases because the brand is conscious already. Yes. Yes. Um, and for our listeners, excited. We have 15% off for you when you use the code almost30 at primallypure.com. Uh, thank you, Bethany, for coming on the show. And if this is an episode that you're inspired to share with someone, please do or share on Instagram. We always love seeing you tag almost30. If you don't follow almost30 on Instagram yet, it's almost30 podcast on Instagram. And you can learn more about almost30, the brand and other offerings and ways you can get involved, learn and grow at almost30.com. And you can get 15% off of all Primally Pure products at primallypure.com with the code ALMOST30 for 15% off. I love the Blue Tansy deodorant. I love the plumping serum. Mm -hmm. Lindsay loves. I love the Blue Tansy. That's Oh, the charcoal deodorant is Uh, what Sean uses. Yes, he's obsessed with it. So that's a really- It's great for guys too. It's really, really good. And I feel like guys have a harder time switching because they're, you know, they don't want to sweat at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, this has been a really good switch for him. But yeah. Again. And they have really great gua sha tools. So you can get like their gua sha, the ridged roller. Um, you can also give good gifts for your friends. So they have a baby kit that I'm getting for all of our friends that are having ba- babies soon, which will be super nice. So primallypure.com, use code almost30 for 15% off of their products. We love them all. We're excited for you to dig in. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy this one and we will see you on the other side. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Chris and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic Origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. 
And Kristen and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership. But Head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp. Space dash camp. <laughs> Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. You guys love to come I visit know, sometime. Honestly. I would love that. How do you feel yeah. like that living closer to nature and living closer to the earth and living, like growing up around the farm, how do you think that's affected your nervous system? Very positively. Unfortunately, right now, like we're not living on the farm anymore. We're in a neighborhood. And so there's not as much of that. But I mean, I was living in a farmhouse when I had our first daughter, like she was born in our farmhouse and like we went on walks and she was with animals all the time. And I think it's so good for your gut, like all the negative ions, you know, of just being in nature are so healthy. So I'm I'm not currently living as much of that life, but I'm all about that life at the same time. Oh my God. Yeah. I was I was thinking about like the animals, the soil, like yeah. literally being kind of in that dirt. Totally. And ha- yeah, Zach Bush vibes. But specifically with the animals, because they say, didn't he say like having mm-hmm. a dog is one of the best things for your things. gut microbiome mm-hmm. because they bring such a diversity of bacteria yeah, in your that. environment whether good or bad, and then your body's able to adapt and react. Mm. And and he was talking about that's why it's hard right now with the direction that the medical industry is going is that bacteria is really important and it's a good thing. So we need it. So when we kill off some, we kill off others. So having that diversity, much like our rainforest, it's like the most diverse part of our earth is our rainforest. And that really is the lungs of our earth. So how can we bring more diversity of bacteria into our life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I just that it, that lifestyle. It's just so funny because I feel like growing up in in Ohio, it was like kind of looked down upon if it was like a farm, like because it was mostly farm town where I was, and then it kind of got developed, and then it was like city was cool. And I think now it's everyone's kind of coming around to being like, oh my god, farm and land is cool. Yeah, like being out <laughs> is cool. Like that is the cool thing, and that is like the most nourishing thing. So I'm always like in awe of people that do that. Hmm. Well, you guys will have to come visit the farm sometime and get some good bacteria on I your hands. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. And like and moving into a neighborhood, which is still, I think, better for your nervous system than a city. But like, how did you like regulate? Like, do you have ways in which you're, we, you're able to do that? Yeah. I mean, I try to get outside as much as I can and like walk. I love walking. So I'll take calls walking if I can and I usually try to get out in the morning and go on a walk with my two little girls and just get sunlight on our eyes first thing. And that helps to regulate our body clocks and so that by the time nighttime comes around, we're more ready to fall asleep and all that good stuff. So even though we're in a neighborhood, I try to still be outdoors as Mm -hmm. much as we can. 
and even like at work in the office setting, getting outside as much as possible. But the barefoot thing is what's tricky for me now. Like I'm missing those negative ions that yeah. come from like, mm-hmm. my feet touching soil. Yeah. So grounding. Yeah. Yeah. So they they say that with bare feet on the soil, it's grounding and it basically is able to balance your body. If we're negatively charged and positively charged, mm-hmm. we get too positively charged. There's too many positive ions in our body. So the ground basically balances our positive and negative ions so we can be more imbalanced and gives us more of like that negative ion charge. Exactly. Which is powerful. Mm-hmm. And you can do that anywhere. But I do feel like sometimes the quality of the soil affects it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll be in like New York or like in LA and I'm like, dude, I'm like, this is pee for sure. <laughs> I'm like, this is pee. I don't know what this right. ground is. Right. Like if you know that Roundup is being sprayed yes. on the soil, I'm like, mm-hmm. oof. Yes. Not sure how beneficial this is. Oh my gosh. Exactly. <laughs> Completely. Okay, so we are huge fans of the brand. Um, and I know it's been not easy to build something. You know, Lindsay and I have built this from the ground up, but especially for a product and something that's in the space where it's like, can be really challenging to bring something through that is as clean as it says it is. Um, what was your journey with starting the company? Like, what was your why? Well, I started Primally Pure really out of a desire to solve my own problem, like many businesses do. I struggled with acne in junior high and high school. And really went the conventional route and saw a dermatologist, used anything and everything that she prescribed to me. I was on round after round of antibiotics at one point. Little did I know at the time the damage that was doing to my gut, which was then, you know, affecting my skin's ability to fight off the acne I was dealing with and um, using lots of different creams and ointments that were causing irritation for me. So I was getting some results, but it was always very short-lived and I never felt like I was getting the lasting solution that I wanted. And it wasn't until later in life when um, I was actually in college, I was working at Trader Joe's and a coworker recommended jojoba oil as a moisturizer. And, you know, I think most of us that had like acne prone skin in the early 2000s, like every commercial was, you know, yes, oil free Mm -hmm. was like glorified. And the goal was always to like strip my skin of Mm -hmm. its natural oil production. That toner, those toners. Mm-hmm. Toners, yeah. It would burn your skin. You're like, ah. So true. I know. You're like, I'm flaming. <laughs> yeah, your skin was stings was for like, like 30 minutes. It was like, a, it was like kind of like a body high. You're like. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So I totally bought into all of that. I swapped out the moisturizer I was using at the time for jojoba oil. Mm-hmm. And that just made a huge difference in the health of my skin. I felt like it was more balanced than, mm-hmm. than it ever had been. And So I made that change, kind of went about life. And then later when my husband and his dad and brothers were starting a regenerative livestock farm, I started digging into diet and just learning that a lot of the foods that I always thought were healthy weren't as healthy as I thought they were. And so I changed a lot of things about my diet. I removed processed foods, um, refined sugar, gluten, most dairy. I think I was doing a little bit of like raw organic dairy at the time. But after I did that, noticed a really big difference in my skin health. And that led me to like, if I, the idea that if I've been wrong about the foods that I've been eating my whole life, like what else have I been wrong about? And so I started looking into things like deodorant and other personal care products and other skincare products and was really surprised by everything I found. And that Mm -hmm. just kind of kickstarted this whole passion project of mine of blending formulas and giving them to friends and family to try, using them myself and just kind of doing R&D on myself and friends and family and seeing what worked and what didn't. Um, And then, like I mentioned, my 
my um, husband and his family was starting a farm around that same time. So everything kind of um, just lined up to where I quit my job. I was working at Special Olympics at the time in Arizona. My husband was a teacher in Arizona. We both quit our jobs, moved in with his family to start this farm. And I was like making skincare products. There was nine people living in the house because his siblings had quit their jobs to start this farm. So people would be trying to make dinner and I would be like cooking deodorants on the stove. (laughs) (laughs) And this went on for like a year. Um, So it was nuts. And then by the end of that year, we ended up moving out onto the newer farm property that we had gotten. And I was able to really like roll with it at that point. What surprised you the most about what you had been consuming? And then when you took it out, like what types of changes did you experience? Yeah. So the first book that turned me, that just kind of was a light bulb for me was um, The Paleo Solution by Rob Wolf. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that my body could react negatively to whole grains. That was always something that society tells us is good for us, like period, Mm -hmm. no matter what. It's like whole grains are good for you. It's part Mm -hmm. of the food pyramid. It's like what we were all, what we all grew up being told. So that was the first one where I was like, oh my gosh, like this this is possibly not good for me. Mm-hmm. Isn't the um, mold correct? I'm, I mean, a lot of I times for grains in the United so many States, different I think it's the Yeah, that is definitely a yeah. thing. A lot Just of times, pesticides. yeah, they're heavily yes. spray- sprayed with Roundup. The species of grains are like very different now than they were, you know, centuries ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. I would eat like three boxes of cereal a day. I'm like, I'm doing the Same. pyramid. <laughs> I remember like the Kellogg's, Kellogg's had K. like a diet yes. where it was like you eat six bowls of cereal a day Special K and then diet. a bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A the bar. bar. That's like my dream, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, Cereals I love bars. Yeah. It's my fucking dream. <laughs> totally. But after, I would, I totally did that for like, I don't know how long. But I would have like one bowl of cereal and I'm like, but I'm still hungry. Yeah, and I'm hungry. Like, yeah. So that was probably the biggest thing um, for me was giving up gluten. That made a big, big Are you difference still for me. gluten-free? And my energy levels mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah. I think with like awakening or switching to natural, it's like, doing it step by step. And mm-hmm. once you do realize something, and this is like within consciousness too, you can then, you're like, oh my God. If I And I felt like that too with like home products and detergents. Yeah. I was like, wow, thinking about having detergent, mm-hmm. this toxic chemical on your skin all day. And, you're, and I would think I, my skin would absorb lotion. Why wouldn't my skin absorb also the stuff that's on my clothes? Yeah. You know, and you just kind of like peel it back and you're like, okay, I'm putting something toxic on my skin. I'm putting something toxic in my body. And if we care about what we're eating from a health perspective, we should also be caring about what we're washing our face with, what we're doing all of these things too. So your process, how long were you at Special Olympics working while you were starting the business? And was it a side hustle at the time? Yeah, it was. And that was about a year that I was there. What was that like? Because I think there's a lot of women in our community that have side hustles, side projects. They're building things on the side and it can be really hard and you don't know where it's going. You don't know if it's going to work. You don't have a lot of time. You're feeling super exhausted. You're feeling unsure. Like, what were you feeling during that time? Yeah. One thing I'm very grateful for is that I didn't have kids at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a whole new challenge to navigate mm-hmm. for moms that have a full-time thing and also have this passion that they want to develop. So I'm grateful for that. But it was still difficult. I mean, you're still working way over like 40 hours a week. And I think... What was nice is that we, Arizona is not where we grew up. It was a new place for us. So we didn't have like a big community there. And I was able to just really dive into 
my hobby of, of making these products and using like every group that I was connected with at the time, which was like work. I was at a CrossFit gym at the time. We were going to church somewhere. So I was just kind of using like this, these, these people that we were friends with, more like acquaintances because we hadn't been there super long, but I was kind of using them as like test pools and giving products to them to try and getting feedback. And I think one thing that was really helpful is I kind of integrated my passion into like my small community that I had. And it was just, it was so much a part of me that it was very natural for me to share it with people and get feedback. It was almost like a social thing. Like I would go Mm -hmm. to CrossFit even when I wasn't going to work out just to like drop off deodorants and hear what people thought of the last tubes that they tried. So I think it helps when you're so passionate about something where it's like, you can't not do it. Like Mm -hmm. you can't not spend time on it or share it with people and working on it even after you've been at work for eight, nine hours, like you, it still fills you up because you're, you're so passionate about it. And that's kind of where I was at the time. Yeah. I think that's the key. Yeah. You know, finding something that you love, doing something you would do anyways, finding that reason and purpose. And for a lot of people, it's like, if you don't truly love something or aren't passionate about it, it's not going to stick around or it's Mm -hmm. not going to be something that you're doing or wanting to do anyways, and it should feel good. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it's not always going to feel good, but most of all, it should feel good. I think especially the beginning should be so, it should almost surprise you how much energy this thing is giving you when you do it. Yeah. Because there will be times in the future where it does get hard and it gets like technical and, you know, there's money involved and it gets a little unfun, but you stay with it because there's that like foundational. Absolutely. When you were formulating, like, did you have prior knowledge of any types of ingredients or was this like research as you go? Did you have someone that you were kind of like referring to during the process or what was that like? It was really just researching as I went along and I made so many mistakes. Like deodorant was the first big one that I tried to figure out because I I was using coconut oil and baking soda, like a little jar of each and I would dip my finger in and apply it to my underarms. I wanted Jeff, my husband, to do the same thing and he was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I was like, okay, I've got to figure out a stick form natural deodorant that works. And this was back in 2012. So there weren't a lot of options on the Mm. market. And so that was like the first big thing that I was striving towards. And I made the mistake early on of like, I knew baking soda worked really well in preventing odor. So I just thought the more baking soda, the better. I loaded these deodorants up with baking soda and everyone I gave them to got these awful rashes (laughs) because it can cause, like it's really common, happens to Mm -hmm. a lot of people. And I definitely had the concentration like way off. Um, So I was, yeah, I I made a lot of mistakes and I'm just grateful that I like every step of the way was having other people try them and not just myself Mm -hmm. to like get the feedback to, to improve the products. And it's so cool that like there's kind of this community aspect of the early growth because I can imagine like people are kind of jazzed to be along for the ride in a way. Did you find yeah. that? Yeah, it's so fun. Like, I don't know. I'll, the other day I posted a picture of our old deodorant tubes that I used when I started the company and all these people like sent messages saying, I remember these and I'll hear from like old friends that I, you know, from Arizona that I haven't like t- actually talked to in years, but it's so cool to see that they're still involved in like Mm. supporting the journey. And and then what was the point where you went online and you sort of made the leap to doing it full time? So uh, yeah, Jeff and I were both, both had these jobs. They were supporting us, but not, I mean, we were making like very little at the time, both of us. And so we were spending very little. We had a little bit of savings. And when we quit our jobs, 
Yeah, we were just kind of living off the little savings that we had when we initially quit and moved in with like with his parents at the mm-hmm. farm. And so we didn't have rent, which was great, but yeah, it was it was like very very tight times. Mm-hmm. And were you scared? It's weird that I wasn't more scared, but I was just so much in the mindset of like this is this has to work, like there's no mm-hmm. way this isn't going to work. And I didn't have high expectations of like, I need to make this amount by this date or anything like that. I was still like that passion really carried me through. And I was pumped to be making like, like when I talked to my husband, when I started the company, he said, like, let's set a goal of you bringing in $500 a month, like selling $500 a month of product. At the time I was like, I'm never going to sell that much. I know, totally. (laughs) I'm never going to buy. And like that that milestone Mm -hmm. happens like very quickly. And then... Um, yeah. So was I it just word of mouth? The farm customers. So wow. they already had a customer base. Mm-hmm. The farm did when I started the company and I was blogging for the farm. So customers kind of knew me. I was like sending out my own newsletter to them regularly. And so when I started the products, there were already people that were kind of interested in what I was creating and that helps a lot. And so I think just, we were, we just barely like made it from when we quit our jobs, moved in, to six months later when I started the company. And then I didn't, I don't think I took any draw for myself until like nine months, maybe a year after that. Mm-hmm. So it was like really tight, but I was just so excited to that people were interested in my products and I believed in it. I couldn't not believe in it because I was so passionate about it. Yeah. And what was the next big step that you feel like put you on the map strategically? It's funny because every big step it's it's relates to something personal. So when I was pregnant with June, our first daughter, um, I kind of hit this point where I was like, okay, either I'm putting things on pause for a little bit and just like doing the mom thing because the business was still running out of my home. I had a few employees at the time that were coming in and out, but I didn't want that when I had the baby. So I thought I'll I can either put this on pause or I can try to take a leap of faith and move the business out of my home into its own space, hire someone full-time to take care of things and just see how that goes. And so I was kind of going back and forth for a long time and a few like really silly things (laughs) helped me make the decision. But have you guys heard that speech by um, Steve Harvey? It's called like Jump. No. So it was after an episode (laughs) of Family Feud and he just gives this like spontaneous talk to the audience about taking like a leap of faith. And oh my gosh, it just like, it was so good. I you like that though. I'm so pessimist. I'm like scripted, bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, he, well, he's pretty off I, the cuff. I feel that. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I'm like everything's was fake like in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still like look it up and watch it if I need encouragement. Wow, cool. So it was that and then like an Eminem song, Eight Mile. The Eminem song came on. <laughs> of course. One day. As you do. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm doing it. You're like, if he can do it, if he can get out of the Eight Mile, I can do it too. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, sometimes you need that energy. Mm-hmm. So then you decided to take the leap of of having the place and hiring the team because for all small business owners listening, people that run their own thing or side hustle, hiring's huge and it's hard. Yeah. So how did you find someone that you felt like was a fit and did they take over everything? Yeah, I put some things just on pause. Like I was doing influencer outreach on the time. I didn't have her do that. She was more in more of an operations type of role. So I didn't have her try to replace me in like every capacity. There were some aspects of the business that I did truly put on hold. 
But in terms of making product and shipping product and answering customer emails, all of that was still happening. And in the beginning with hiring, I really just looked to like my own network of friends and family. I didn't know, like now we work with agencies and we have an HR person that's in charge of hiring and things like that. But I didn't like have access to any of that stuff at the time. So Mm. I just hired people I knew in the beginning, which was like a blessing and also ended up being hard in other ways. Mm -hmm. It's very true. How do you support yourself as like a CEO, founder? Like what are, do you have a coach, therapy? Like what types of things do you do so that you're always kind of checking on you? I have done uh, masterminds in the past. I've had coaches in different seasons um, actually just feeling like it's probably like time for me to look into something like that again. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been like different people that I've sought help from at different times because it's always kind of something different that Mm -hmm. I'm navigating. It's just not easy to be like kind of the sole founder of a brand especially as a woman, you know, speaking from our experience, it's been hard, especially Mm -hmm. public figures. What has been like some of the challenges of being an entrepreneur and being a founder of a brand like yours? I'm a woman and I'm a mom. And I think that part is Mm -hmm. most on my mind right now because that's been just the biggest challenge lately is just navigating this like as a mom. And it's something that I've I've dealt with like on and off in the past and just trying to find the right way to blend those two things and and feel like I'm being, you know, putting as much as I can into my business and also pouring into my kids. And yeah, it's just, it, that's been like probably the biggest mm-hmm. struggle for me and at least the most obvious one just because um, because it's something that I'm really like diving into and thinking through right now, like how can I, how can I best show up for my kids and how can I best show up for my business? Yeah. So that's been a tough one. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that a huge part of your customer base are moms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but I also, I think there's that contrast where it's like, that's probably a majority of your customer base, but then as far as like the business side of it, and I don't know if like, as far as investment or raising money or what have you, that feels like more of like a masculine world track energy and also like predominantly, I'm sure people investing are male. So do you ever feel feel like misunderstood or like you just have to like, you have to kind of sacrifice your family life a little bit or else you'll fall behind? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely felt like that in times that the nice thing is actually we don't have any investors. So the company has just grown like from scratch from where I started it and um, into what it is today. So I can only imagine that would be bring on just like a whole new world of difficult things to navigate. Mm-hmm. So I'm super grateful that that hasn't been something that's like added to the difficulties of it all. And, but yes, I agree. Like, there are so many aspects of just running a business in general that do feel more masculine. And I've actually recently transitioned into more of a founder role. And um, I have a business partner who's like fully taken on the CEO role because we were co-CEOs for a long time. So that's been a really powerful change that I'm still kind of adjusting to. It's like fairly new. So I think it's been important to me to like wrestle with these things and 
figure out how to navigate them and not just ignore it when I feel like, oof, I feel this tug, like I want to be with my kids a little bit more Mm -hmm. or like there's something I'm really passionate about work right now that I just want to like dive into. And yeah, I don't want to ever like bulldoze through those feelings. I want to like explore them and examine them and adjust accordingly. Mm. Yeah, especially with the, yeah, being a, a mom, you know, with your kids, I can only imagine how hard that would be to balance it all. But I just, yeah, I think about all the female founders that have kids. It's like, oh my gosh, or people that have started businesses. It's like, that is already so much of your energy is being in this one place and then in your relationship and in yourself and in your kids. So I just, I'm always like in awe of people that can do that. Kind of want to go back to skincare just a little bit because I do want to know like what your favorite, like what are some of the ingredients people should look out for? And what are some of the ingredients as like a positive thing in their skincare um, or even in their, um, yeah, in their skincare or even in like a deodorant? And what are some of the things that they obviously should or they should not have? Yeah, I can start with deodorant. For me, that was, like I said, it was like the first thing that I really dove into and started learning about and learning just how harmful conventional deodorant is. Aluminum is the first ingredient that comes to mind. It's been linked to all kinds of degenerative diseases and it's what blocks our sweat. So it's what stops us from sweating, which a lot of people think is this great thing. But really, that is such an important way that our bodies detox. Um, you know, our bodies get rid of toxins through sweat. So it's not something, it's not a process that we want to get in the way of. And not only with conventional deodorant are we blocking our pores, but we're also stuffing all kinds of ingredients up there like aluminum and triclosan and parabens and fragrances and all of these things that we don't want in our bodies in the first place, but we're stuffing them up there and then trapping them in with the aluminum. Mm. And it's in such a sensitive area next to our breast tissue. Mm -hmm. There was one study that found parabens in 99% of the breast cancer tissues that they sampled. So Mm. yeah, for me and for us as a brand, Mm -hmm. like deodorant is is such an important swap to make. Like I always say, if you're not going to swap anything or if you're just starting out, like start with deodorant mm-hmm. and then kind of go from there because it's a journey. It's hard to do everything overnight. It's it's crazy to think that I used to- I need to, to get that on my dad. My dad on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got. I told you <laughs> I on our phone call, I think that. Sean loves the Primal, okay. uh, Primally Pure deodorant, like That's is so obsessed awesome. with it. And he, he's not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing one product at a time. <laughs> but I used to, I mean, I used to use Secret and Degree yeah. and like, I'm so sensitive. Use the aerosol ones. Yes, mm-hmm. but yeah. I'm so sensitive now to any fragrance that isn't completely natural. I know right away, which I'm thankful for, but they're everywhere. I think about perfumes. Oh, yeah. Those perfumes you wore. Like, I got a perfume sent to me weirdly. I'm on like the YSL, like random list, but not for like cool cool stuff. It's like for like (laughs) pens and perfume. I got a perfume and it was like radioactive. Oh, God. I was like, this is going to catch fire (laughs) and everyone's going to be done. It smelled so... So insanely intense. Yeah. It and is the, so nuts when you're away from that for a while. Yes. How mm-hmm. strong and intense it is. I was saying I went to Florida with to see my dad and I washed my clothes and oh my God, it was standard deodorant. I'm still trying to get it out of my clothes. Oh, it, the detergent? I felt, yeah, the yes. detergent freaking yeah. reeked. And it felt so like slimy. Like there was just like that blue slime on everything. And I was like, I reek of <laughs> oh, like- God. What is the smell? I know. It's nuts. And I've never thought about it this way, but um, I'm friends with the girls at Branch Basics. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. But I went to this retreat with them and 
they were just talking about like VOCs and how when you walk through the grocery store, you walk through the aisle of the detergents and you like, they're all packaged. They're all completely closed off, but you still smell them. Mm -hmm. So even having those things in your home is, I hate that. I know. Underneath the sink. having good impact on Sometimes like my cats go underneath the sink. I'm like, no one, like we don't, we have all clean, but I think it's still, maybe there's something in there that might not be. And I don't want anything smelling Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. Mm Mm-mm. It's yeah. just so bad. So it's gnarly. Skincare deodorant. And then what are what have been some other surprising elements or things that you had to shift and change as you were sort of like transitioning your lifestyle? Yeah. I mean, there are still things probably that like I need to shift. You yeah. know, it's like, it's such a long process. At least it was for me. Mm-hmm. So it started with food and then it went to personal care products. And then it was like cleaning products. And then it was like pots and pans and making better options there. And um, so, yeah, I don't know what's left right now, but mm-hmm. I am positive there are things mm-hmm. that I will be <laughs> shifting in the mm-hmm. future that I'm like still not aware of mm-hmm. that, you know, are potentially contributing to like a toxic mm-hmm. environment in our home or lifestyle or whatever. It's truly everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's whether it's like furniture, mm-hmm. yeah. paint on the walls. Furniture, yeah. Like with the um, fire retardant, yeah. that gets mm-hmm. sprayed all over, you know, every couch, every mm-hmm. rug yes. that we buy. I know. It, so you much. could drive yourself crazy. Yeah. yeah. But I think that, you know, the swaps that you've spoken to, like just even on a base level, makes such a difference. Yeah. I mean, anything that anyone can do is going to make a difference. Yes. So yeah. I always try to encourage people like not to feel overwhelmed by all the stuff and then just throw in the towel and give up because any, even if you're making one change a year, mm. you know, even like that's going to have a positive impact on your health. Mm-hmm. I heard you fast. Mm-hmm. Yes. We heard the great fun that you <laughs> yeah, fast. Yeah, let's talk about fasting. I'm curious because I went from, I would fast a lot when I lived here in LA. Yeah. And then I kind of got the hit and also my body told me, they're like, you can't fast like that anymore. Yeah. And you can just do it every once in a while. Yeah, it's such an individual know. thing. And so I talk about this from time to time, but I'm always careful not to make blanket recommendations mm-hmm. that everyone should be fasting or anything like that. Even though I do believe that it's woven into our physiology, it's something that humans have done since the beginning of time out Mm -hmm. of either necessity or for religious reasons. Mm -hmm. The one thing that every religion on the face of the earth has in common is fasting. And so, but I also think that a lot of our modern habits and patterns have made it difficult to get to a place where, um, where fasting is something that gives us life rather than sucks it out of us. So my journey with fasting really started for for health purposes. I always saw intermittent fasting as like a weight loss thing. And that wasn't like a big motivation for me at the time to give it a try. And I just kind of dismissed it as like, that's a weight loss strategy. But then I started learning about autophagy, which is the body's way of recycling old cells and replacing them with newer, better cells. And that happens when we're in a fasted state. So I was like, wow, this is really interesting and really cool and heard about like the, just the benefits of mental clarity and things like that. So all of that really motivated me to give it a try. And I started really slow because I was always the person who I would wake up, have a snack, Mm. um, have breakfast, probably have a snack between breakfast and lunch and then eat lunch and, you know, until nighttime, like having a bedtime snack. So it just, the idea of it seemed like I was really interested in it, but I was also like, how, how, how do people do that? That seemed crazy. So I started really slow, just kind of slowly decreasing my eating window a little at a time until 
I was consistently eating from like 10 a.m. or so to 6 p.m. every night. And that felt great to me. I felt like I had tons of energy in the morning. My brain was firing better and it was awesome. And then I started experimenting with longer fasting. Once I started doing the extended fasting, I'm just an extreme person in general. So, you know, I went into it and I went into it like hard. And I was doing like, I started with a 24-hour fast and then I did like a three-day. And then at the beginning of this year, I did a six-day fast. And I really, I really liked all of them. Like I, I found so much, um, so many like mental clarity benefits spiritual benefits, like mm-hmm. felt like my prayer life was better than mm-hmm. it ever has been. Um, I just remember the morning of like the sixth day on that fast where I just felt like my brain was firing like on mm-hmm. all cylinders. And it it felt really, really good to me. And I know that there is a lot of pushback on fasting. And I actually did kind of, I, I pulled the reins back for myself a little bit because having like that extreme personality, I've noticed it's important for me when I try new things to like, just, mm-hmm. I don't know, give, not, not go full throttle like I, like I tend to do. Mm-hmm. So I started kind of going full throttle with it and then pulled back the reins a little bit. I started listening to um, Elisa, mm-hmm. who I know you guys have Maybe. talked to before. Yeah. Slow mm-hmm. living. Um, and incorporated like some of her, some of her tips also with syncing that up with my cycle. Mm-hmm. But I also like, I couldn't buy into the idea that fasting was bad for women in general. I'm not saying that's what she mm-hmm. per, like mm-hmm. supports, Purports, but yeah. I think people do. Like there are some, there are people that mm-hmm. say that. And at first, when I started hearing this message, I'm like, man, am I? Is this not good for me? Should I mm-hmm. stop? And I kind of, I really pulled back. And then I'm like, but I, I feel really good doing it, and that doesn't line up with my experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, I'm still figuring out what the exact right balance is for me, and figuring it out with my cycle and things like that, but. Um, I think it'll always be a part of my life in some capacity. I'm curious about like the the spiritual benefits. I have a bunch of friends who fast for spiritual reasons. So I'm curious like how you experience just prayer and conversations with God being more yeah. what? Yeah. There's a pastor, Dr. Tony Evans, and I was listening to a lot of his teachings on fasting when I was diving into the extended fast. And he had a quote that really like, sums it up well for me. He says that fasting is feeding the soul over your stomach and it's breaking down the outer so the inner emerges. And I've just found that to be really true in my experience. And there's something about denying yourself like fleshly things Mm -hmm. that just kind of lights you up. Mm -hmm. And for me, that has just looked like more of a, like a direct connection to God and able to really like feel the Holy Spirit guiding me in my day-to-day life in a way that I haven't before mm-hmm. because I've been distracted. Like mm-hmm. all of us, we get distracted by by food, by technology, by material things. And I think that sometimes it takes like taking a full-on break from mm-hmm. any one of those things. You can fast from anything. It doesn't have to be food. It can be mm-hmm. coffee. It can be shopping, you know, anything. But mm-hmm. I think taking a break from that really kind of removes those distractions that mm-hmm. we that we all deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that quote. It's like be of the world, but not be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. It's like all of those things. 
Yeah, fast, fasting is like so calling me so much. I know it'll be just wild and I really look forward to it. I think I'm going to try and do this year. I'm going to go to We Care mm-hmm. and do oh, like cool. a five day because I've done like silent retreats and stuff. But I think that that would be like the next level for me of like that spiritual connection. Because even with changing my diet recently to be more whole foods, a lot more fruit, a lot more veggies, whatever, I've felt like it's easier to connect because there's less information that my physical body is processing. Yeah. And when we think about all the food that we eat, it's like, it's information. So if we're looking to get information from our soul or even from our body, from like our tissues, there's always communication going on when we're eating. So it's like, how can we get more of a direct communication? It's like by having a clear vessel that doesn't have information currently in it. Yes. And I think I've realized that a lot with, with food is it's like how much it can control your mood And then your mood is sort of your experience oftentimes, you know, if we're not Mm -hmm. completely removing ourselves from our mood, our mood can be our experience. So it's like food has such a big element of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to dig into fasting more and look into it because there's so much research. Like we did an episode with Dave Asprey. We did one with Will Cole, both on fasting. If people are interested in learning more, there's also, you know, medical resources that you could probably dig into that I would do first, Mm -hmm. but that's powerful. Yeah. The inflammation piece, I feel like, is yes. so, so important. Yeah. Um, I mean, you like, don't realize your brain is also inflamed, yeah, you know, exactly. when you're eating inflammatory foods. I truly feel like this clearness when I, when I fast. And I feel it when I haven't fasted for too long. Like, mm-hmm. my brain just feels this sense mm-hmm. of foggy, this sense of like, okay, we need to do some cleanup here. Mm-hmm. And then I'll fast for a day. And the next morning I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm— Yeah, there is something to, it is the denying yourself the earthly pleasures. It seems very weird to say that. It seems like when we think of deny yourself, we're like, don't deny yourself. Mm -hmm. We've been denying ourselves for too long. You know, there's that like, why? Like, but there is something about in denial, there's pleasure. Because if you're denying yourself TV, Mm -hmm. you're actually serving yourself more and you feel better in the end. If you're denying yourself. Saying no to one thing is saying yes to something. Yes, it is. Exactly. So it's like, how can we rethink fasting as something that really gives us these beautiful benefits and not denying yourself like the earthly pleasures of food. Yeah. Also too, it's like, I mean, I think we all know that over time we didn't eat six times a day. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I think everybody is, every, everyone kind of understands that, right? Yeah, it's not like I hope so. <laughs> normal the way that we're consuming and eating, especially in the West. Yeah, yeah. And I think you mm-hmm. hit on something really important. It can't be seen as punishment. Yeah. If it's seen as punishment, you will be miserable and you won't experience mm-hmm. the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like getting that mindset right first. Yeah. To be like, because if you are going in as punishment, then you're going to feel punished and the mm-hmm. energy won't be the same. But if you're like, I get to do this. And it's hard because I bet you the first time it kind of feels a little bit like you're like, why am I doing this? But once you know the feeling, then you're like, oh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm totally. excited to do this. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think one thing that helped me in the beginning was I was consuming so much information on the benefits of fasting. I was reading yes. these books. I was listening to podcasts and videos that by the time I decided to do my first long fast, I was so amped up that like mm-hmm. there was no, there wasn't that voice in the back of my head, like, should you be doing this? Yes. Like, just, just take a bite of whatever was in front of me or anything like that. Cause I was, I was ready. I do that all the time with like my workouts and stuff or food that I eat. Mm-hmm. I look up the benefits as just a way to remind myself. So then I'm in the mindset of like, this is benefiting me. Mm-hmm. This is strengthening me. Mm-hmm. This is nourishing my brain. This is like whatever. And I didn't realize why I was doing it because I was like, why do I keep looking up the benefits of these things? But it really does help you to validate yes. like the things that you're doing and sort of get your mind in the same process of, of what you're doing. 
Have you have you fasted with your husband? Yeah. Yeah. That helps too. Six days together. Really helpful. Um, I don't think we did that one together. Mm-hmm. But Does it help with your relationship? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, totally. Because it it kind of we're both on the same wavelength mm-hmm. and both like experiencing the world around us in a different way together. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't because I'm experiencing, you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, you, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things and while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends. And they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps, and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense. And she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high-potency, fast-acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try Deloon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. I would love to talk about just basic, simple hacks for skin, whether it's food, whether it's products you use, but I'd love to just dig into that a little bit. Yeah, I love that question. We actually did a series over the summer of replacing traditional conventional products with just items that everyone has in their kitchen. So I feel like there's so much you can do just with stuff that you find at home. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're looking to replace your deodorant and you're not ready to buy like our deodorant or another natural deodorant yet, you can literally just use coconut oil and baking soda and it works amazing. You have to Mm. get the ratio, right? We have information about that on our blog. But um, yeah, you can use coconut oil and baking soda and it makes a great natural deodorant. You can try the oil cleansing method using like olive oil or avocado oil. We also have like more specific recipes for different skin types on our blog that people can look at if they want. 
but you can use coconut oil as a moisturizer for your whole body. I mean, there's really like so much that people can just do, like little simple hacks that people can do from stuff they have at home. Because I know it's expensive to do a total mm-hmm. overhaul of all of your mm-hmm. products. It's not always realistic. So yeah, people can do a lot with stuff in their kitchen in terms of skincare product hacks. And then in terms of lifestyle stuff, I mean, anything that's good for your body is going to be good for your skin. Our skin is our largest organ. It, If our body is healthy, that is going to be reflected in the health of our skin. So basic things like sleeping well, um, eating well, and there's so much more to those both of those mm-hmm. things than simply like mm-hmm. sleeping well and eating yes. well. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we could talk for days about, you know, diving into all this stuff deeper, but I think just like nourishing your body really well and caring for it and managing stress and all of those things like really play into skin health too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The quality of sleep is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And so many things go into so many things. <laughs> restful night's sleep. Do you have any yeah. like hacks? I, I'm a big fan of amber glasses, like mm-hmm. red, red glasses. Mm-hmm. I use blue blocks. So I put those on an hour or two before bed. I fucking, I look hilarious when I wear those. <laughs> I had the other day, they my hair was so, so greasy. It was like slicked back like a mullet and I had those red things on <laughs> with my old fucking tea. And Justin's like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Because <laughs> oh, they're like, you're like kind of like racing. They're kind of like Oakley's. Yeah. <laughs> I got they were Not like cute. Oakley kind. I have like, like the John Lennon ones. There you go. Those ones are dope. I don't know why I had those ones, but yeah, the red helps a lot. What yeah. else? Not eating like right before bed. So I try yes. to, yeah, I try to give myself at least like three or so hours between my last meal than when I fall asleep. Um, I just got a chili pad mm-hmm. several months ago. Have mm-hmm. you guys heard of those? Oh, yes. It's like temperature regulated. Yeah. It, it goes on top of your mattress pad and it's all these little like water tubes that can either cool or heat your mattress. And huh. I'm obsessed with it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Keeps you cool? Yeah. I normally have it on the cool setting. And then you can set it so that it warms up like when you want to wake up because when your body warms up, you naturally wake up. So instead of using an alarm, you can set the chili pad to like warm to a certain temperature at a certain time to like give you more gentle wake up. I'm obsessed. Are you, is it plugged in to the? It is. So you're laying on a bed of EMFs. (laughs) (laughs) They have information about that and it's, it's supposed to be lower. Okay. Um, okay cool. Then, there was another thing that had high. The it's red not light. the chili pad. It's it's the one that Ferris. It's like I, it's some, basically it like tracks your sleep oh, through that okay. pad. Yeah. I'm looking at your aura ring because it's kind of like that where it yeah. like will track all the things. Yeah. Well, that's a cute aura ring. Isn't that cool? Every I always everyone's always mm-hmm. like, you've got a cool aura ring. I say, thanks. <laughs> I didn't know they had a gold one. I looked at their Everyone's website. like, you are cool. You have a cool aura ring. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's the gold one. There's but like, I got one for my husband like two years ago and I'm like, man, they should, I wish they had like yeah. cute girl ones. Yeah, dude. I didn't notice they had gold. They're say. getting hip with it. They're going to awesome. have wedding rings soon. <laughs> I don't want to say, I can't wait. <laughs> the diamond aura ring. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding, I on the, I'm kidding on the EMF thing, but not well, really. But it's, but it's a, hard. It's but that's why I think point. about so much stuff. What did I have oh, on my red light device? Man. They were like, oh yeah, that's like an EMF playground. Playground. And I'm like <laughs> literally staring, like sitting in it every single day with all the EMFs. I know. Yeah. I, I actually just did an Instagram live with a Juve, mm-hmm. a guy from Juve West, and I asked him about that. And um, he just mentioned there's a lot to the the proximity. And uh-huh. like if you are the, the recommended distance, distance away from the device, yeah, yeah. that you're not hitting the waves of EMFs. Mm-hmm. 
I'm close. Get, yeah, I get so <laughs> with, the, with the little close. one, I like literally lay it on my Same. face. <laughs> Someone's like, I got the the red light device, and I should I be looking in it? I'm like, no, you're. Oh, I actually God. did. I, I would. Be close. Why? <laughs> because I thought it was good for my eyes. <laughs> Is that why I'm? I can't see. <laughs> no, right oh goodness! Oh, that's funny. Oh man, this was really fun. Yes. Um, I'm super excited to introduce our audience, just kind of formally to Primally Pure and you, and just kind of remind them that these. Uh, products are available to them mm-hmm. and to check their own situation at home, whether it's things they put on their body, in their body, around them, in mm-hmm. their environment. It's just always a really, really good, really good reminder. Good. So much fun. I loved having you here. Same. Thank you guys. This is great. <sighs> this was so perfect. I'm how, really excited. Uh, how can people find Primally Pure all along on the journey and get, what? what's the one product that they need to- I was going to say hero product. Need yeah. To get. I've got a shout out our deodorant. It's our number one bestseller. Yeah. And the blue tansy is my favorite. Yes. The best. Yeah. We have a lot of fun ones. We have the blue tansy, which is blue in color. Our geranium, we use pink clay. So it's pink. We have a charcoal deodorant, mm-hmm. which is our number one bestseller. That was so, my favorite. Yeah. Lots of fun deodorants to try. But our website is primallypure.com. And we are at Primally Pure on Instagram. Beautiful. On all socials. And we have our discounts. So mm-hmm. everyone can dig in to that. Thank you so much for joining. Yes. We will see you soon. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Bethany. That was such a beautiful conversation. We really appreciate you. Again, Bethany Big Daniel is the CEO and founder of Primally Pure. You can use code ALMOST30 for 15% off all of their products. And stay tuned for some exciting happenings at Almost 30. We have Camp Almost 30 coming up in January. If you know, you know. It is our biggest event of the year. And this is where we bring together thought leaders, healers, experts in the space of spirituality and self-development straight to you. And it is a really, really beautiful, inspiring, powerful, day-long virtual camp that we're really, really proud to host for free. So you can go to almost30.com for more information and to find out how you can reserve your spot. Yep. We'll see you there. We love you guys so much. Almost30.com, Almost30 podcast on Instagram. And we would love if you would write a review on iTunes, if any message or any podcast has really resonated with you. It means the world. Thanks, y'all. See you next time. Bye. Bye.